Hey, this is Travis. Thank you for coming back to the You Inc. podcast. Today's guest is someone I met quite a, quite a while ago. In fact, my wife, Pale, and I met this person at a business event. I think we were in a restaurant and we were sitting down next to someone. We started talking to this person, asked her what she was doing, found out she was a Kajabi customer, and I was blown away by her story and her success. Let's welcome Leah McHenry. Uh, Leah, thank you for coming on the show. Oh, thanks for inviting me. It's so good to talk to you. Yeah. And Leah, I'm going to try to list all the businesses you're doing. I tried to make some notes here. So you have the Savvy Musician Academy, which is where you teach other musicians how to market their their music business and kind of make it, make it in the music space. Mm-hmm. Then you also have, I just saw that you just launched your own like candle company. Like, I yep. can't wait to hear about that. Yep. You obviously had have a career in music. So I want to hear more about that. And I just love your story. Most of all, because Pale and I met you just from like, like small, small talk at, I don't remember which event it was, but, but you know, we asked you some questions and you're like, oh yeah, I'm doing extremely well. And can you say how much like you made back then? I don't remember how long you had been doing you know, your business. When we had first met, uh, we were hitting our first uh, million dollars and it had been it's crazy. like six months or something into the business. It was really a short amount of time. That is so insane. Literally, yeah. you just got started and I had met a lot of Kajabi customers up until then, but I, your results were like mind blown. I was like, wait, a minute. you might've been the first person I met that was a Kajabi customer that went from zero to a million. I mean, I've met a lot since then, but that like blew my mind. (laughs) Well, it blew my mind too. I didn't, I had to keep pinching myself every day. Like, did did I read that right? Is that really what happened? Isn't that crazy? So back then your main thing was like doing the the Savvy Musician Academy. That was kind of what you were doing. And that was from your own success in the music industry. Tell me kind of what your music's all about. It's, it's actually very cool. I listened to a little bit before the show. It's very like almost spiritual. I want to say your music. It's, I I really like it, but tell us like what, what had you been doing before you got into kind of doing the, the the online Academy? Okay. So I'm, it's funny because it's still my life now, but I have five kids and now they're ages five to 14. Oh my gosh. And I'm homeschool mom. I'm wow. a homeschool mom. I'm like nerdy, you know, in at home all day baking muffins and uh, teaching math, which I I'm not good at, but you know they have they have pro, they have courses for that these days. So, <laughs> um, yeah. So I have five kids with so very busy life, and um, I've been a musician all my life, songwriter, yeah. but I didn't really get serious about that until after I'd already gotten married and settled down. I put out my first album uh, when I was. I think pregnant with number four, I believe. Okay. Yeah. Number, I, I sang that album in 2012. It was called Of Earth and Angels. And I sang that album when I was like eight or nine months pregnant. So I had like no diaphragm room. I was like, I am <laughs> the least cool rock star in the world. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm like, who the heck is going to listen to my music? Like nobody, like I'm some homeschool mom popping out babies everywhere, like making a metal album. What is going, what is wrong with me? Uh, so yeah, so I make, um, kind of Celtic and folky metal. Yeah. Like, like 
so if you could picture like Enya mixed with Lord of the Rings and yes. like Evanescence and you just put them yes. in a blender kind of a thing. Th- those are all the descriptions. It, it it sounds like a really emotional scene in Game of Thrones. <laughs> Some of the stuff I listened to, I was just like, wow. It like it just draws you in, which is really cool. Now, was that something you've been doing like your whole life? Like you've just been doing music and you've always like, I'm going to make an album one day or? Yeah. Yeah. It was like my dream to, well, the dream before when I was growing up was to get famous and, you know, be on MTV and make all the sure. music videos and get signed to a label. That was the dream was getting signed. And then uh, after obviously I got married and settled down, like I, I really needed some stability in my life. And for some reason, like I just couldn't find the band members to like make the kind of music I really wanted to make. And this was, you know, the early days of the internet. It wasn't around for that long. And so I just ended up having to do it solo. And so I ended up making an album just as a solo artist without a band. I just hired the people I needed, just session players really okay. to, to, to complete that album. And so I launched that album out when I say launch, I meant upload to YouTube. And, <laughs> and I, and I really hoped for the best, right? I was like, sure. well, you know, hopefully I get discovered. Hopefully some A&R agent is going to, you know, magically find me. It was the whole, if you build it, they will come. Yes. Dream. Of course. <laughs> delusion that I had. <laughs> uh, and so I put my music out there and just hope, you know, something magical would happen. And and then it didn't. Nothing. No, no, just crickets. Right. So it was a little, I mean, I was happy that I I felt good. You know, a real musician, it's like, Hey, we'll, we'll make music in our basement for the rest of our lives, even if we never made a dime. But you know, a part of you is feeling inside, like it's supposed to be heard, you know, people are supposed to hear this. Yeah. So yeah, it was uh, disappointing. You know, six months went by, nothing really happened. And I was trying at this point, I was like, okay, clearly this whole, if you build it, they will come thing is not working out. I didn't have a website. I didn't have, I didn't have anything out there other than just trying to upload my stuff to all these different platforms and SoundCloud. And then are all the, all these artists, um, all these artist platforms like Reverb Nation. It was like, like SoundCloud and those kind of things where it's like, yeah. you upload your, your, your bio. It's like a, like a digital what do they call it? Like a press, not press release, but uh, I don't know why I can't think of it, but like a promo (laughs) package kind of a thing. Right. And I Mm -hmm. realized that the only people here are other artists. The fans aren't there. That's true. So so I, you know, I tried to just read everything I could get my hands on about the music business and just like, how do I do this from home? I can't get on a tour bus. I can't, like I, I really don't have much of a budget at all. So all I really have is my music. I have the internet. That's all I've got. What can I do with that? Yeah. So in the meantime, you know, I'm I'm nursing, I'm having babies, I'm like not sleeping that much and just working <laughs> on my music during nap times and weekends. So I basically stopped studying the music industry. There was really nothing helpful at the time. Nothing, no good articles that really solved my problem. And I stopped studying the music industry altogether. And instead, I realized that there are many, many thriving online businesses happening just in other sectors and other areas. Sure. And maybe I should just start studying like online marketing in general and just see what they're doing because something's working for them. So I just started taking courses and you know, uh, in the early days, it was Shalene Johnson and just different folks out there who were who were 
kind of like new to teaching online business in the space. And I just started learning and getting everything I could get my hands on uh, books and podcasts and blogs. And that's awesome. Yeah. And then, and, and that every, you know, I was already making some money with my music at this time. Now it started coming in slowly, but I, I reinvested every penny basically back into whether it was like my own instruments outside of that, it was, it was my education. So that's the first thing I did. That was really smart. So, so instead of just like focusing on the industry, you're like, I need to focus on the business part of this, which is an interesting angle to take. Yeah. I, and I mean, there's a lot of musicians who focus on the business part, but they're, they're like focusing. It's like the business owner who, instead of just figuring out how to sell their products, they start you know, trying to buy stationery and business cards and setting up their office. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, of it's course. like they're focused on the wrong part of the business. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they, right. Like they think they're just like setting up their computers. Like that's going to make them money. No, like you have to focus on selling. That's, yeah. so that's, I, I guess it was an instinct. I was just like, what's the fastest path for me to sell music and merchandise? I, that's what I'm going to go after. I'm not going to look up like publishing. I'm not going to look up licensing because there's other people involved in those aspects that kind of would determine my fate. There's somebody at the end of, on the other side of the table saying yes or no. So I'm not going to focus on that. I'm going to focus on what can I do that, you know, if I put this effort in, I'll get a certain result. And so that's when I started treating my music business more like an e-commerce business Interesting. and started learning just a little bit about online behavior and psychology and just sale and writing like copywriting and uh, just the psychology of like a sales page and placement and pricing and all those kinds of things. And it ended up becoming really exciting. And um, it was a short path between my studying that and making my first hundred thousand as an independent musician who had never been signed, who's a stay-at-home mom, who's never done a tour. That's so awesome. Very short path between me studying that and that happening. And and the short path, really short path was uh, launching a, an online fan club to the small amount of fans that I had. And, yeah, and that was, idea. that was my, yeah, it was my first experience with making some recurring revenue as a musician. And this was, I think Patreon was out those days, but I wasn't ready to commit to um, creating content all the time, like every single month. Yeah. So I created something and, um, and and actually in that process, I went from, we had done an interview before where we were close to, close to a bankruptcy and, uh, and that fan club saved us from going into bankruptcy. It wasn't that much money in the scheme of things, but it was too much for us at the time being a single income family. So that, that fan club made it all the difference in the world. And, and I just learned so much about marketing in general through that yeah, whole experience. I remember I interviewed you way back and you were talking about how financially, like this was like kind of the last chance. And um, if that hadn't worked out, who knows where you guys would have been. But because you went there and did that, did put in the hard work and the hustle, I mean, it's incredible. Even that first pass, you created that to be successful. Um, and then it's crazy to think where you are now at this point. But what were some of the things that you learned? Like you said, the fan club was one of the first things. What other things did you kind of uncover that you're like, why is, didn't someone else figure this out? Well, I sure learned a lot about having a niche and having a differentiator. And, and this is something now I've taken with me into 
you know, my new, my new business, the, the candle venture, which is hilarious because it's such a, what they call a, a red ocean, meaning there's so many, you know, hundreds, maybe tens of thousands of other businesses in the, in the candle business. Yeah. But because I have such a specific niche, similar to my music, it really makes them stand out and it becomes the blue ocean, right? Where there's no sharks yeah. swimming around in there. It's all, it's clear water. It's like very few competitors. And, um, and so that's taken off like crazy as well. So finding that niche, what makes you different. And, uh, the other, and I'd say the, the second or third thing, um, is creating a culture around the business or product. And this is, I, I really mm. can't emphasize how huge that's been. I teach that about the music and I'm also transferring that into my new physical product business is yeah. this idea that it's not actually about the product at all. It's not about me. It's all about them. It's all about the customer. It's all about the fans. And it's about the community that you're creating around that product. It's all about why do they, what's the big benefit for them? Why do they get excited? And what's going to make them, you know, type comments like, take my money right now. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Right. What gets them so passionate and excited about it that they type stuff like that. And so, um, tapping into that is a bit of a process in figuring out what the culture is. And when yeah. I say culture, I mean, a group of people who have similar passions and interests or even just, and, and they could even be very diverse group of people, but they're all passionate about one specific thing. Yeah. It could be, you know, a keto diet, or it could be, uh, bunnies or <laughs> anything. My, I just thought bunnies and my daughter's obsessed with bunnies. Uh, it, you know, but people, it could be literally anything, but the culture around it is really creates a bond. And so that's where like now, like in my candle business, if I post a Lord of the Rings meme, it's kind of like, you know, an inside joke that if you're not a fan of Lord of the Rings, you have no idea what we're talking about. But to the people who or obsessed with Lord of the Rings, it's hilarious and they yeah. want to share it and it becomes a little, little viral thing. And they're, they're saving, I can look in my Instagram insights, they're saving it, they're sharing it, they're sending it to their friends privately. And that's telling me that I'm, you know, that's, I call that keeping the, the finger on the pulse. I can, that's telling me that I'm hitting it right in that um, I'm nailing the culture. So then the product just becomes kind of a byproduct of that culture. And I know it's, I'm talking like high level, hopefully this isn't too much information for anybody listening, but it's just, it's a simple concept, but it does take time to just figure it out and a lot, a lot of trial and error. And I think the most important thing is to not hesitate too much. And you just got to start throwing stuff against the wall and start figuring it out. And I think most people get hung up on that and they're just sitting there thinking about it. And I don't know, and I don't yeah. know, and I can't really figure out it's better to make mistakes and, and do get it wrong and to put yourself out there and it's risky, but it's better to do that than to not do it at all. Definitely. And I think uh, it's important because, you know, you, you don't just go into business just to make money. Some people do, but I think when you start focusing on, you know, the story behind what you're doing, like who's it helping? Um, like, even like being a part of a community is, is a big deal. And, you know, when we were building Kajabi, we did all that. And some of it was totally on accident, but it was number one, because we had this thing that we were trying to build to help other people. 
And then once we saw who we were helping, you, we really like fell in love with who they were and what they were trying to do. And I think in this world, especially with everything that's going on, people want to belong to something. Like you want to be part of something. And when you can find a product or a service that, that creates that, um, it's like a, it's like a runaway freight train. You don't, you don't know where it's going to go, but it, it's smart what you said too, about going for, I mean, red ocean, blue ocean. Some people don't know what that means, but it basically means like, are you going to fish in a big lake? Or are you going to fish in a small pond? Right. And it seems yeah, you want to be the big fish in the small that's, pond. That's right. It seems like, yeah. no, I want to go where a lot of customers are. I'm like, well, not really. You want to go where, you know, every single customer. And then pretty soon they're willing to pay you a lot of money because they're part of the story with you. Absolutely. That's where any business can really kind of blow up and like, who knows, sky's the limit. So totally. And sometimes you can create that small pond out of the big pond, just by, by having a niche, by just getting more specific on who you want to serve. Who do you relate to? Who are you passionate? And it can be a process of elimination. Like, who do you not want to be your customer? Who do you not want to work with? That's true. That'll narrow it down from there, you know? And even if it's just like a retail business or something, there are certain customers you like, you know, culturally speaking, that's like, that would not be a good fit for yeah, our product. So of course, you can start there and uh, work your way down to who is this person? So getting into the avatar and and who is this character that, you know, that I can describe in detail. Who, what are their likes and interests and what books do they read and what films are they obsessed with and where do they shop and just what's what's a day in the life of for this kind of person? That is some of the most non-urgent work that you could do, but so important. And oh man, I just can't emphasize how crucial that is in helping just drive sales. Yeah. Well, I think it comes back to authenticity too. Like you can't really fake your love for whatever industry you're in. People try to, but I think during this COVID time, the fakers are starting to be exposed because people that are authentic, it shows in how you care about your customers, how you treat them. Like, I I think there's something powerful in your journey and how you helped yourself first when it comes to, you know, Savvy Musician Academy, you fixed your problem first. And then obviously you then could start sharing it with the community. And there's, that's, if you're like thinking, I'm going to start a business, like people listening to this right now, start with your own things that you love, like your own passions or your own struggles, your own problems, like solve it for yourself first. And then you become your first testimony, (laughs) your first case study, because it worked. Just like you told us the fact that you could make six figures uh, launching your own album as a stay at home mom, raising kids, homeschooling kids. That is such a powerful story. Like, let's, why don't we go back to that? So what was the first step when you're like, okay, this worked for me. Now I'm going to go help other people. What did you do at first to try to connect with other musicians out there? So the first thing that I did that I thought would be super fun would uh, be an ebook. So I thought, you know, I think, you know, I have actually some friends, some girlfriends of mine that are also moms and they are musicians. They want to know what I've been doing because it's working. And so I thought, great, I'm going to write this with that person in mind. I guess it was instinctual. It's like, yeah, I can help other, you know, mom musicians. And so I just created this little, it was a book in slash workbook of things for them to do and just work through the processes. 
And I think I found I had a hidden talent I had no idea I had. And that was teaching in like mm. a methodical way that progressed. I don't even know. There's maybe a word for it. I've just never taken it. I've never taken it, taken a teaching course or anything that it's, it might be instinctual. Yeah. My dad was a, was a, a principal and taught history and agriculture and things in high school for years. So I don't know, maybe I got it from him, but I, uncovered a hidden talent I didn't know I had until I was doing it so that's kind of fun because you can keep that in mind sometimes you don't know what you're even good at until you are just doing stuff and you're just putting yourself out there moving the ball forward and you're like hey I'm really good at that and oh I'm really bad at that that's going to be something I hire out right away you know finding that out so I created an ebook and um, that was my first stab at really marketing something digital online. And what was that? Uh, what was the name of those uh, landing pages you guys had at first? You know, it was like, a oh, separate... yeah, it was, it was called megaphone, megaphone. Yeah. Megaphone. So I yep. actually used megaphone. Okay, that that was my first experience with landing pages ever. Nice. So I, uh, I invested some of my royalty money into that to just try and get it going. And um, I sold a few. I can't remember. I think I just put it out on social media. I wasn't doing advertising at the time. Um, and uh, I can't remember how I was really marketing it. I think I might have sent it out to my fans as well because a lot of them are musicians. So I learned a lot from that. And then I discovered the power of video, like video format, in that I, I kind of learned through my continued uh, studies of just online marketing that if you put it in a video format, it becomes infinitely more valuable. And if you enhance that with not just video, but other formats as well, say like audio or PDF or other things to go with it, worksheets and whatnot, it really can enhance the value of that course. And so I put together our, our first uh, course, which to this day is still our number one flagship product. Uh, called the online musician. And I took that ebook and I, I basically, when the kids were in bed, my husband and I would set up a little, uh, like we got like this backdrop off of eBay and uh, a camera that we barely knew how to operate, terrible audio, <laughs> terrible lighting. And, and, and guess what? That terrible audio, terrible lighting course has made, I don't know, $5 million. I don't know. I lost wow, count now. So that's and, insane. Yeah, it's gone on, you know, maybe six. I can't, I don't know. Honestly, I've lost count. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't looked in the books for a while, but it's, it's uh, still to this. And when no one ever complained about the audio, no one complained about the, yeah. the, the lighting. No one cared because the content was good and it really did help with so many people. And uh, so that was my first experience and I sold it via a webinar and I had never done webinars before either, but I just thought, you know, the, this is definitely going to be an education process. I have to help other musicians understand what I did wrong, what they're probably doing wrong, <laughs> yeah. why they're not getting the results, why I didn't get results. And then what is the short path to getting results and what, what does this involve and how do they, how do they do it? So yeah. I, yeah, I sold it via webinar and, um, and I, and that was good too, cause I didn't have to be on camera and I, even though I'm a musician, I'm very learning. I'm very introverted. So I don't love being in the spotlight. So webinars are good. <laughs> so you yeah. can, you don't have to like, you don't have to be on camera if you don't want to be. And so I did like a PowerPoint thing. And uh, so that worked. That amazingly. Is, 
That is so great. I think this goes back to authenticity. I mean, like you said, the audio wasn't that great. The video is not that great, but I'm sure the content was great because it authentically worked for you. So they're like, oh my gosh, I have to try this out. I think we get way too caught up in, you know, the audio. What's my backdrop look like? You know, oh, if I only lose 10 more pounds, then I can film like all Mm -hmm. the crazy things. But the reality is if you're authentically trying to help the other person on the other end of that and and what you're saying is true because it worked for you, that's powerful. All all of those those stories that I've heard, they always work. The only thing that held people back was the fear of getting started. Like yeah. that was always the thing. And like, what was the hardest thing about this? Oh, just getting started. <laughs> Have having the courage to go for it. So it's yeah, crazy got- to think that you you went back to that first hundred thousand dollars you know, just launching that, that um, first album to just on that one course alone, you know, over $5 million. Like that is, that, yeah. you, that's just crazy to think about that. It is really crazy. Yeah. And I, I think th- there's got to be some common threads between people who have, who are so talented, have amazing ideas, and then the people who actually become successful. And I think that um, you've got, you've got to muster up a a tolerance for some risk. Yes. You know, it's not like, okay, there's some people who are born with a high risk tolerance, but then there's other people like maybe me or maybe less me, maybe it's more my husband or other people that you just have to develop it and you have to kind of bring, get the courage to do it. But you've got to build up a tolerance to just putting yourself out there and knowing like, it doesn't matter if I fail, like yeah. You know, pick your pain, right? Would you rather stay where you are now or would you rather take a risk, possibly fail, possibly learn a whole bunch and possibly succeed? That's that's so true. I think it's it's about not not defining the results ahead of time, just going for it. I mean, it seems like each time yeah. each time you're just like, I'm gonna go for it. No, it has to make money, or no, it has people have to download it. No, I'm just gonna go for it. And then we'll decide from there what's next. And that seemed to really work out for you. Um, do you find too that yes. it's like being okay, you know, being uncomfortable? Like I used to always say my comfort zone was like on another continent because I had pushed myself so many times to, you know, for me to leave the cubicle world, to then build a company, to then build mm-hmm. a software company that then, you know, was extremely successful. I was always trying to leave my comfort zone when I could. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, the saying, get, comfortable with being uncomfortable yeah, yeah, is of course. a very good model. You know, print that one out and stick it on your computer where you can see it all the time um, or in the kitchen or around the house because that is so true. I mean, the more uncomfortable you're willing to get is probably going to equal how successful you become Yeah, because it's there is nothing comfortable about anything I did. I'd never sold anything before. I'd never said, I've never even taught anything before. I've never taught music <laughs> lessons. I've never taught a thing in my life. And all I did was use myself as a case study. Uh, I'll, 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 I will correct myself. The only thing I taught before is like first grade, you know, to my kids <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. homeschooling. Oh, and the only true. reason, and I never taught anything. All I did was read out of the textbook. So, <laughs> you know, that's, that's about as much as teaching experience as I had. But, you know, uh, the thing about being able to move forward when you don't know how it's going to turn out. I am so convinced that that is 
an asset. And one of the keys to success is it's like driving a car at night and your headlights are on. You can only see 10 feet in front of you. You have no idea what comes after that if it's really dark or foggy out. Yep. But you have just have to trust that you can see 10 feet in front of you. That's all you get. And it's enough to get you where you need to go. And that and if you're if you're willing to drive a car at night with your headlights on, you can <laughs> yeah. become successful. That's all that's all you need is a 10 feet in front of you. And so yeah. if you're just trying to worry about what it's gonna look like and how you're gonna get there and how all the details are gonna come together, that's really where I think people get totally hung up and they don't move forward. With my this new uh candle business called Mythology Candles, it's kind of a sister company off of my music. It's very similar culture, which is, you know dragons and castles and and mythology and King Arthur and all that stuff. Um, And I have never made a candle in my life (laughs) until not even less than a year ago. So that, that happened like this, this is the thing. And I want people to get this, like you don't have to be an expert or the world's biggest expert on something to move forward and even turn it into a business. So I'd never made a candle before. I had the idea during my last album launch. It was like a winter kind of medieval winter thing. And it's like, oh, it'd be so cool if I could launch, like if I could make a more immersive listening experience, what could I do? And then I got this <laughs> idea for doing candles. I'm like, oh, that'd be so fun if we could do like match like the scene to like a scent like this or like the mood of the music to a scene oh, and a wow. scent. And if I could like make it kind of match so that when you light it and you just sit there and listen, because like, Oh, people, yeah. people who are like really into music want more of a, an experience. Like they're getting better, you know, more expensive headphones and more, you know, stereo equipment and stuff. So I came with this candle thing. I was like, well, I've never made a candle before, but I'll learn. It's, I mean, it can't <laughs> be rocket science. It's, they've been around for ages. So um, I, you know, my kitchen turned into a laboratory and for the next 60 days, like that's all that happened in my kitchen and in dining room. And there was just wax everywhere and, and, and vessels everywhere. And I was testing wicks and all this stuff with my kids. And it was a lot of fun. That is Sold that, those. Yeah. That is so awesome. Now, how, how have you done? Like how much have you made selling the candles? So that, that was for the little album launch. That was like my first, uh, little test, if you will to see if anybody liked them. They really liked them a lot. So that was back in, uh, you know, November, December. So I was like, okay, I, I am, I'm feeling pretty passionate about this right now. <laughs> I am having a lot of fun, mic, like matching moods to scenes. This has got to be its own company. I'm going to make this its own thing. So yeah. I launched it in January of uh, this year. And um, so right before the pandemic hit, (laughs) right before January, we first, we took our first pre-order and it was like a two week pre-order. And um, we did about $15,000 in that two week period of time. And I was like, whoa, I'm super happy with that. Now, fast forward to now, um, we are in the beginning of August and we just hit over 300,000 in sales. Whoa. Which is a lot of freaking candles. Yeah. And um, two of those, two of the months we actually weren't taking orders at all because of supply chain issues with COVID and all that. So really it's in about a five month period going from zero, never having made a candle to, to, uh, or just making, you know, in my kitchen to, um, you know, a warehouse where we've got employees. (laughs) Um, Last month we had our first, what we call, million dollar month. It takes about 
$83,000 a month to, you know, every month to hit a million dollars. So last month, July, we had our first $83,000. That's so awesome. Which is cool. And people don't think in those terms, but they should, because it's super simple math. And that's like about a hundred orders a day, approximately uh, with like, say a $30, $40 product or something on average, somewhere, somewhere around that ballpark. And um, so it is going to, we will absolutely hit, uh, you know, a million dollars in our first year in, in 12 months or less, especially going into the fall and Christmas season. Oh, that's so cool. So it will, it will definitely go there. And um, it's another huge learning curve. But w- the point is, I think that people need to understand that I have no idea what I'm doing right now. I have no clue yeah. what I'm doing. I don't know it. I'm, everything is new for me doing this, except for that I've just, taking the time to study online marketing and e-commerce because that has become a huge asset to just know about just, you know, product photography and like, you know, sales psychology, that kind of thing. But it's all learnable. Well, and I think that's your secret is you're willing to learn anything you need to learn. You're not going to get stuck in your, I don't know how to do that. Well, I didn't go to school for that. Like there's so many yeah. like voices we listen to that don't make any sense when, why can't you just go learn it? I mean, yeah, the, absolutely. The, the fact that you've learned each one of these things is exactly probably the secret to all successful entrepreneurs is all of us are willing to figure it out because we know if we don't figure that's it out, it. then it's not going to happen. You know, there's no boss, there's no government, there's no someone else that's going to come in and say, here's how you do it. Like you have to figure it out on your own. So this is, this is huge. You need to be teaching your own entrepreneurial course next. Like, you know, how to create product from scratch. Like I, I'm learning things myself right now. I'm taking notes from my own business yes. ideas I have. Yes. You know what else is cool? Yeah, is, I would. Oh, sorry. I would just say, I would love that. I mean, I'm, I'm super passionate about this whole process and I'm going, oh, it's like, it's, you, you just learn so much going through this, especially when yeah. there's things you're I'm bringing to the table now that I didn't have before. And at the same time, I'm in, I'm venturing into territory. I've never gone and we're just figuring it out. And I just wanted to emphasize what you said. Just, I think people who are the most successful don't know what they're doing going in. It's just like, you can only see those few feet in front of you. And if you're learning to learn whatever you gotta, right. It's like, I'll learn whatever I need to. That I think is the determiner of success. So I just wanted to amen to that. Yeah, because I think it's almost, especially when you're first getting started, it's because you're foolish and you don't know any better. But I think that's part of it. You go even though you have no idea what that next step might be. And I feel like the friends I have that have, you know, gone to school like and gotten higher level degrees, they're like, they're almost getting too smart for their own good. Because you do not have, yeah, you don't have to figure everything out. You just literally have to learn the next step. And, and, and thinking at at that level allows you to execute each step instead of getting stuck on the next 50 steps, which it's funny, the more success I have in business, the more I find my own self doing that. It's like when I first was doing things, I didn't know any better. So I just went for it. And now here I am, you know, building another software company and I'm like, well, last time I did this and then that happens. Like I'm trying to be too smart. It's, it's right. hard to go back to that place of just go for it because mm-hmm. you tend to find the right answer quicker by just going for it than analyzing it too much. 
Yeah, that's that analysis paralysis yes. is huge. Yes. Huge. And then the curse of knowledge, right? When you yep. do all of a sudden have a ton of knowledge, it can almost paralyze you. Sometimes you're like, oh, I know so much. I don't know where to begin. And you almost overwhelm yourself. Yes. So it's oh. like, how do I get out of that? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, Steve yeah. Jobs always said, you know, stay hungry and stay foolish. Yeah. But then eventually, you know, you're quote unquote, not as foolish as you used to be. Mm-hmm. But there's something about staying in that mindset where, yeah, you may have a lot of wisdom and a lot of experience now, but how do you stay in that place? No, I'm just going to take the next step. I know that this is my next step. Yeah. I think as an entrepreneur or just in life in general, you can always figure out the next step. Absolutely. If you stop and take the time, it's not as overwhelming as when you think, oh, I'm going to build a candle company that's going to be a million dollars. Like that sounds crazy. But when you think of the small steps to get there, it's not that bad. I think it's genius too that you did scent with music because scent has so much memory to it. Like Mm -hmm. this, I have a feeling this is going to be bigger than you think it is because I I know all the time I smell something and then I remember childhood or I remember, Mm -hmm. you know, playing sports as a kid or whatever it is. So I think bringing that emotional connection of music and uh, like a candle is pretty smart. I like that idea. Thank you. Very, very, very clever. I mean, I'm these days it's, so like the candle company its own, I'm not selling music over there. And like, if you go to mythologycandles.com, it's just candles. But when I release my next album, I'm definitely going to pair them together um, and, and do like, you know, a special line or something like that. And yeah. there's a lot of things you can do with sister brands, sister companies too, because uh, so there's, I look at like Kylie uh, Jenner, for example. Oh, yeah. So like with her makeup company, um, she's got a separate brand that's just for her face products like her sort like her uh, facial skincare skincare products um they it's i'm sure it's all under one corporation i'm assuming that but there's two different websites and they're sister brands so i don't know why they exactly they chose to do that but they are separate and they're just different i think i think the mood and the feel and the copy and all of it's just different so that's kind of what I've done with my music and then the candles. They're separate but related. Yes. And um, so you can, but the fun thing with that is that you can cross promote to them. You know, they might be slightly different audiences and slightly different customers, but you can cross promote and I call them cross pollinating. So you just like, you know, maybe not overtly selling all the time or trying to, you know, be super like, oh, buy this other thing, but yeah. um, you can seed it, right? You yeah, can just exactly. let them know I have this other thing. So that's kind of just some of the creative things you can do. That's so smart. Um, I want to take it back a little bit. Let's go back to when you first were doing music. I think I remember you telling me, and you said this a lot of times, it's really about the niche part of it and how you didn't just teach people to do music. Didn't you also teach like products and stuff back then too? I feel like, didn't you sell swords with your music or something? Or maybe there was... Swords? I I didn't sell swords. But wasn't Um, there like... It's probably the branding you've seen, but it was music and merchandise. So like when I'm selling music, there's, you know, there's lots of different streams of income you can make from music and, you know, the digital, you know, the Spotify and the streaming, that's just one stream, you know, those digital streams. Well, there's, I teach five because they're the five easiest ones that made a difference in my bank account, but there's, you know, dozens of ways you can make money from your music. But one of them is a big one is merchandise. 
So yeah, it was probably merchandise. I was thinking, I don't know why I thought so. Yeah, well, uh, because you've seen me like on a, on an album cover with a sword. So <laughs> probably that's, that could be it. But, um, you know, and I was making chain mail and stuff like that for my album cover. I'm a weird mom. I really am. Like my kids, like my kids don't even know it's normal for them. Like one day you're going to grow up and you're going to see other people's parents and you're going to go, wow. And then there's my a lot of therapy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you know, merchandise is huge. And so that's kind of what got me thinking about e-commerce is because I was like, well, most musicians are selling merch at a merch booth when they're playing live, but I'm not playing live because I'm a recording artist. I'm home with the kids homeschooling. So until they're older, I'm just, you know, I'm taking touring off the table for now. So what, how, what can I do to sell merchandise online? And in fact, why would anybody even buy merchandise from me? Isn't it more about, you know, remembering the fun concert that you experienced? Is that why? And so I had to think about the psychology of why do people buy merchandise? Yeah. And that kind of led me into e-commerce a little bit. But why do people buy anything online when they can't taste it, touch it, smell it? They can't try it on. Like why? Like they're really taking a bit of a leap of faith buying stuff online, if you think about it. So that got me into, okay, well, I think it's a, more about the culture. I mean, that's, that's one aspect. Okay, so people will buy a t-shirt and merch at a concert, of course, to like remember the great time they had and, and to collect stuff. Um, but there are other reasons people buy. And so looking at the culture, like, hey, this represents me. This is like, this reflects my worldview, my taste, my, like who I am. You know, people identify music with like who you are and what you're all about. And so like, if you play like your Spotify playlist for other people, like you're quickly going to like make friends and enemies really fast. <laughs> right? <laughs> That's <laughs> funny. People are like, oh my gosh, you listen to that? Um, but uh, so I had to figure out why people buy. So culture and um, and then also just their fans just want to support independent artists. They they kind of know that it's tough, and a lot of them just want to be supportive, and they'll they'll buy everything from their favorite artists. So we call those super fans, people who want to collect everything. And so I just really got into hey, if I could, you know that that article by Kevin Kelly that was called. 1000 true fans. Have you yeah. read that? Yep. Yeah. So that was pretty life-changing for me as a musician. I was like, whoa, if I could just get a thousand super fans who spend somewhere around a hundred dollars a year from me, say if I split that between fan club, music and merchandise, like I could make a hundred thousand dollars a year. That's not that hard. A thousand yeah. fans. I mean, that's not millions of fans or even tens of thousands. I only need a thousand of these people. Surely I can do that. And so just, you know, making it doable, that was the beginning for me of just like opening my mind. And then, and then it was very quickly that I, that I got there. So, yeah, yeah. It, it seems so, so obvious now when you think about it, cause it goes back to, should I go fish in the ocean or should I fish in a smaller pond? It, it might be hard to find that pond, but not really if you think about it, because like you said, with a thousand people around a hundred dollars, that's hundred thousand dollars right there. That's very doable. Mm -hmm. And I think people need to, to put their goals in that kind of perspective. Like the thing I used to always tell people, okay, you got a job and right now you're making whatever, $50,000 a year. What would it take to replace that? Like what kind of business could you build to replace that? And I feel like what's happening with COVID right now, unfortunately, a lot of people are being forced to make those decisions. And I'm hoping on the other end of that, 
they can take control. So next time this happens, you're like, no, I've got this online business now that makes that same amount or even at the level that you've been able to take it, where you went from that first hundred thousand to in the millions, that's just such a great like story for others to really think this is really possible, like more possible than you realize. Yeah. Well, I hope people get that. I mean, you should look at me and be like, okay, what's my excuse? Because yeah. you're talking to a stay-at-home homeschool mom of five kids who has never done a tour. I never taught anything before. I just have, I'm just passionate. I've learned how to communicate my message and I'm not even flawless. Like I trip up over my words. I, my mind goes blank. Sometimes, sometimes I really have brain fog. I'm dealing with adrenal fatigue from years Mm. ago and all, you know, we all have health issues. There's so many things on the plate, but please don't think I'm, please don't think I'm so special or I'm some kind of superhuman because I'm really not. I promise (laughs) you I'm not. Yeah. That that's so cool. Let's 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 go back to when you're talking about how you guys were almost going bankrupt, and then this starts working. And wasn't there like a transition where your husband got to like quit his job and then come work with you, like together as a team? Yeah. Was, what was that? What was that like? Like, take us back to that time. That was really an amazing moment in time when that happened. Mm. Yeah. So it was, and this was the whole pinch me stuff because mm. it had only been you know, we, so we, you know, I had the ebook, we, we made it into a video course. So we put some meat on the bones, fleshed it out more, really um, increased the value of the course by adding supplemental uh, things like PDFs and worksheets and really just enhanced as much as we could. Um, and uh, then it was time to figure out how to market it. And I didn't know <laughs> how I was going to do it. Right. Yeah. I didn't know it at the time. I was like, well, I'm, I'm going to try I think, I think I'm going to try webinars. I'd seen a webinar in the space and I thought, I'm pretty sure that I can knock that out of the park. Cause the one I saw was like, not to say anything negative, but it wasn't that compelling, I'll say. So <laughs> I thought, you know, if I can just learn from this and like, what would make it compelling? Let me try that. And I don't know, I'm just going to take a stab at it. Who cares, right? Like three people might show up, whatever. I'm going to, it might be horrible, but I'm going to go for it. So I did. And it was, I think it was, it was so scary and I was nervous. I'd never done it before. And I had all these slides and, but you know what? Some, I think, I think, I I think one person bought the first time, the first webinar was like, whoa, (laughs) whoa, somebody actually bought it. This is (laughs) crazy. So So I'm going to do this again. So I did it again. You know, I think I had one or two the first day. um, And then, you know, we did the next day and the next week. And I was just doing them a lot until I felt like I was kind of rocking it. And within the first month, and I don't know how many webinars I did in that month, but I did a few, several, I should say. We had already made like double or triple what our normal income was for the month. Wow. And it was like unbelievable, like sheer just excitement and joy (laughs) and like disbelief. And like, are you kidding me? Like we could be, we could be doing this and like you could be home and we could be with the kids together and we could be working on this. Like honestly, starting that business was a huge part and also saving my marriage too, because wow. it was just so we were like, not only anybody who's been married for any length of time, financial stress is 
huge. Yeah. It's so hard on a marriage. And, um, and just, there's so many dynamics at play with that. And so I really believe that, you know, this business was an incredible opportunity for us to learn how to work together in our different personalities. And, um, so there was, uh, there were some big moments, you know, with, with just realizing that he could quit. And so, yeah, within 30 days he quit, like he had, he was, he had a construction business, so he had to finish a project. He couldn't just like up and walk away in the middle of like building a house, <laughs> but, um, he finished up his project and that was it. That was the last one. And so, um, within 30 days, he was home full-time with me and we were in it together. Then we had to navigate that transition as well. Yeah. It's like, oh, how do we, you know, <laughs> we better create some like lanes or something. Like yeah. how do we, how do we work and operate together? And it's been, um, five years since then. Wow. And yeah, such a, such a journey. That That is so cool. It's such a cool story and it's so cool. Uh, to see how you were just fearless and you went for it and how much it changed your family's future. Because what if you hadn't have done it, you know, who knows which direction life would have taken you guys, but I that's know. just such, such a powerful example. You just have to go for it. And there's, I always say there's nothing wrong with trying to build a business to make more money for your family because things change and your situation changes. And yeah. I think all of us have that opportunity. So why not go for it? So that's, that's really cool. This has been yeah. awesome. What is next? Like what's going on next um, with all the different projects you're working on? Well, my focus right now is, um, for, especially for the summer, is just building up mythology candles. Oh, you're just having such a blast with that. Um, <laughs> just having so much fun. And uh, my husband's totally into it as well. He's an operator. I'm visionary. So we really know what we're good at now. And uh, and we did all, we learned all those things through Sad Musician Academy, building that mm -hmm. up. And so now it makes it a lot more fun to work together because we kind of know, Hey, you're good at this. You can do that. I'm good at this. I'll do this. And it just is harmonious. So, um, working on that, I'm always writing music and, uh, I'm not planning on releasing anything this year album wise, uh, but I'll definitely, I don't know. I've got a creative streak right now. So never say never. <laughs> and, uh, Sad Musician still Academy, it's still going and going strong. And we're just, I'm just learning so much all the time. So trying to keep it a little sim more simpler these days. Uh, and, and also just focusing on my health too. I, I found out that I, I really had taxed my adrenals and I think this was from years ago. So I'm just focusing on like how to restore my health and be, you know, tip top shape the best I can be. So that's about it. That's awesome. So let me go over all those sites. So there's mythologycandles.com, which is very cool. You yeah. guys have to go with, check this out. It's very, very mythology awesome. Mythology with an IE. <laughs> yeah. Mythology with an IE. Oh, at the end of it. Yes. Mythology candles yeah. at, the, at the end. And then it's Savvy Musician Academy. And is that where, like, let's say someone's like, hey, I've been trying to make it in music and that's where they go. What's like the first thing they should check out that you have over on your site? I'd say the first thing they want to do is take the free masterclass, the free webinar we have that just okay. really explains like the situation, the situation you're dealing with right now as a musician and what your first steps would be. Awesome. So that'll be, that'll be on the website. Yeah. 
Very, very cool. Thank you for being on the show. This has been uh, really great to hear your story and to hear even further where it's going. So thank you, Leah. Oh, you're welcome. It was such a pleasure talking to you. Awesome. Thank you for listening out there. Thank you for uh, taking the time to listen to the show. And remember, every single week when you come back here, we're going to help you find the business inside of you. <laughs>